Hello and welcome to Hot Takes from a Hot Car from the Good Trash Media Network. We're here with a very special presentation fresh out of our Us screening, the 2019 sophomore follow-up to Jordan Peele's Get Out, which I can safely say I think we all love. Uh, I am Arthur Gordon. I'm here with the always faithful. Uh, well, typically Dalton Stewart. Hey, how how are you once again? Can't 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 get rid of me, baby. Uh, I'm I'm glad Hot Takes from a Hot Car is a bit that bit that stuck. Uh, I throw a lot of stuff at the wall when we record, and it's it's fun to see some things work. That's right, and we are not joined by Dustin Sells. Pops couldn't make it with us, but we do have a special guest uh, with us anyway. He is a comedian, a poet, a uh, comic book uh, uh, you know aficionado. connoisseur, aficionado. That's a good word. What so, is your name, sir? Uh, my name is Cameron Brewer. Uh, yeah, that's... That's my name. <laughs> yeah, you can check out Cameron's podcast, uh, Paneled. Uh, he hosts with uh, Good Trash Media's very own Heath Huffman. Yeah. Uh, and if you're uh, the real deep cut Good Trash fans, know that Cameron and I talked way, way, way back, back on uh, People's History. Very fun episode of People's History. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, but Cameron was able to join us for our screening of us tonight. And uh, yeah, all of our brains are on fire. Uh, like we just ate a fistful of drugs and ran through the desert. So we'll, we'll do our best... Uh, to figure out how this movie makes us feel, I guess, real quick. Yeah, we're just going to talk about it real quick, real hot for you. Um, we're going to try our best to stay spoiler-free. Yes, very uh, much so. We want you guys to go in this as clean as you can. And there's a lot to unpack, so uh, we'll hopefully kind of parse that out in the written word over the next couple of weeks. Um, but I want to start us off with a little scripture reading. Uh, it's oft-quoted in the movie, Jeremiah 11.11, 11, uh, which says from the New International Version, Therefore, this is what the Lord says. Says, I will bring on them a disaster they cannot escape. Although they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. Wow! Whoa! Man, I, I'm oh. always every time a filmmaker throws a a Bible verse at me without telling me what it means, mm -hmm. I'm like, Why are you gonna hide your theme in plain sight like that? Make me feel unread. <laughs> And that feels like a very common theme without this movie. Um, I think right off the bat, we see that this is a lot more intricate and a lot more complex than a film like Get Out, which is very good and very fascinating and very layered. Mm. I think this more so. Uh, it wears some influences on its sleeve while also planning some things in plain sight, much like in Get Out. Uh, and so uh, a lot of those similarities are there, but I've got to say this is a much different film than Get Out. It's a bigger uh, film. It is. It By is, a lot. It's not just in scale, but in reach. Like, yeah. There's a solid, there's a solid attempt to kind of have like this overarching theme of just like m mirrors and brutality and all these wonderful things. But like at the same time, like it's so intimate, but so vast. Oh, I can't even grasp how to even plan a project like this. Yeah, it, it really, we were talking right before the screening started about the way that Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key wrote sketches together uh, on, on Key and Peele. And they've talked about in interviews the, the idea of the key to sketch writing is to, once you have the bit, you just build it out as big as it goes. Mm. And we were talking about how Get Out kind of shares that. And I think Us follows that through line. Mm -hmm. And I, I think seeing Jordan's comedy brain applied to horror is just 
continues to be so fascinating. Absolutely. It's one thing to say you build a premise out, and okay, that sounds cool on paper. What what does that mean? And when you see what that means to Jordan Peele, it, it's, it never stops being impressive. Two movies in, and you just, the whole film, every time a new layer is revealed to you, you're like, oh, of course, this makes perfect sense. Yeah. And yet I didn't see it coming. Exactly. No, there's... And I like the way this movie pierces, like, pieces out each of its individual elements, even up until the very end, in a very methodical, very, very intentional way that pays, I, I'm saying pays off, like, tremendously in, like, the last 15 or so minutes of the film. I agree. I, I, I love what Pill is capable of in, in layering a, not only a script, but a narrative structure um, and I don't know of many other filmmakers right now at his level who are as methodical and as intricate in, in laying out those pieces, like you mentioned, and, and yeah. structuring a film in such a way. Um, and a lot of it, I, I think, does come from that comedy background, like you mentioned, to set up these through lines, to know when to capitalize on the tension, uh, and to also lay those pieces that reward a rewatch to go back and, and see it again to pick up on those clues to yeah. give it a new meaning each time and I think that's what we get here I, I think now's as good a time as any to bring up uh, your friends are not going to like the end of this movie <laughs> like your your casual friends are not going to enjoy this film like I would say anyone who hasn't like really just sort of like sat with like experimental like film for a portion of time is are not going to like immediately be interested in this film. Now that said, I think this could be a film that gets a casual film viewer who's been on the precipice of getting into mm. more transgressive, more opaque films. Uh, this could be the one that does it for them. I, I personally think that like this. No, like there's a lot of influences there, kind of like you were saying, but like in terms of just just raw technicality there's there's kind of nothing like this i think the only thing and it's not even so much the crafts is so much it is the way tone is navigated oh, it makes sure. me think of david lynch in that it, it's an it's intentionally tonally confusing mm -hmm. i feel like the film is multiple times trying to make you unsure of what you're mm -hmm. supposed to be feeling. Yeah. And I, I think our crowd, we uh, our press screen crowd was very fun, had a, a lot of just uh, promo attendees. Um, they, they tend to pack out our, our press screenings here in Oklahoma with uh, just regular folk, which honestly I think makes for a better screening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's you could feel like not only the tension in the audience, but like a frustration with each other, there, which uh, as you watch the film I think will get really interesting. But... Mm -hmm. A Friday night, Saturday night crowd for this movie will be weird. Yeah. yeah. There will be people who are going along with it and trying to hang with it, and people who are still having a great time with it, but are just very confused by it and are either going to turn on it or fall even more in love with it, I think. This film's going to cause fights. This film's going <laughs> to cause fights, possibly in the theater. Like, it's... I thought a fight might pop off in our theater. <laughs> like, there were several times where, like, people were very upset with just people's other other folks reactions to yeah. what was going on because they there was a sort of just, i even felt the sort of thing like i because I, I was getting something out of it that they weren't or they were seeing a different aspect of it mm -hmm. and like 
one of the things that popped in my brain as the film was going was that it is equal parts hilarious and equal parts brutal. Yeah. And sometimes in the exact same Sometimes way. it's both. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there were moments where I found the audience laughing. I'm like, why are you laughing? This is serious. But then later there were similar things, and I was like, should I have just been laughing earlier too? Like, it's it's so hard to navigate that. And, it's, mm-hmm. and I yeah, I think it is by design. I oh, yeah. think it is a film that is supposed to... A, it, multiple beats are meant to elicit multiple reactions, sometimes in the same moment from the same person, and sometimes not. Yeah. And yeah, a film, a film like that doesn't come around very often, mm-hmm. but it's always fun when a, a, a film plays plays tonal ping pong with the audience to try and keep you on your toes. Because, you know, I think with Get Out, the, the moments of comedy are kind of very clearly delineated from the rest of the mm-hmm. film. And I, I just want to mm-hmm. keep it on Get Out because it's a you know it's just an easy point of comparison yeah. for us mm-hmm. right now. I, yeah, I think I, I, I can't think of a comparison yeah. that I would make for this film. I'm sure as if we contemporary. Yeah, I'm if sure we, if we it, sat but... around we could get to something, but yeah, nothing immediately comes to mind for me either. Yeah. But I think with Get Out, yeah, those comedy beats are clearly delineated. And here the horror and comedy, yeah, as you said, Cameron, they exist in the same moment a lot of the time. Yeah. Um I'm really interested in, I would really be interested in seeing or listening to like an interview about just the process of telling the actors what to do during scenes. Mm. Because there's, uh, there are several scenes, I don't want to spoil anything, but several scenes where like the direction really is do this one thing that seems innocuous but do it in such a specific way <laughs> as to make everyone upset or everyone like laughing hilariously. I don't know how you do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that speaks to the craft of you. You bring up the actors. I think we've got to talk about Lapita here. Mm. Oh, uh, this so good. This performance. It's a dual role. Two drastically different emotional raw performances for completely different reasons. Mm. Uh, what are your reactions to Lapita here? <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, it's, it's stupid to say this, and I hate calling shots like this early on, but, like, if she doesn't get, like, a nom for this, like, there's something seriously wrong. Like, that level of, like, facial expression, like, bodily control, blocking, like, physicality that, like, kind of, like, I've never seen her in, like, something like that since maybe, like, 12 Years a Slave. Like, there's a genuine, like... I don't know, like, she she hits every mark that's supposed to, like, be there. And I've never seen anything that, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I can't. I get get what you're saying, though. She gets to fold in so many elements of, like, what is acting. If we want to get, like, real hot, like, theoretical about it. What is, it's body, it's face, it's, it's everything that you Mm -hmm. are doing as a performer when the camera is on you. And, yeah, we don't talk a lot about. Uh, mime work and like how you make your body contort in a space and how yeah. you physically occupy space uh, when we talk about acting that often because not that many actors utilize it. The only other actor that immediately comes to mind for me is Tom Hardy that you mm. think about who, who has like a very like specific and conscious use of his body. Maybe a John Bernthal uh, who yeah. we talked about earlier tonight. No, but yeah, John, John Bernthal, I think about, I've actually thought myself thinking about John Bernthal's Punisher because like. When we were talking earlier, we said that he has, like, a very specific switch that, like, when he's in it, he's in it, and he's doing very specific motions that make sense for the character. And, like, 
as a dual role, being able to, like, see both sides of how, like, the characters are interacting and having to, like, deal with that sort of thing, I, it, my brain is just still spinning to yeah. how, like, to decide those things. I'm, I'm so fascinated because typically when we see these types of dual roles portrayed, it's within different groups of peoples. And, and really right here, those primary interactions are Lupita interacting with Lupita. Mm-hmm. And for extended periods of time with very physical mm-hmm. uh, performances as as things progress in the film and i think that's just another layer of of her performance here to be able to pull both of those things off well and it just it brings jordan peele's craft as a director into it too because there are obviously moments where they're interacting physically where you know there's had to have been a body switch at some point Right there, yeah. there's no way that camera because they are physically interacting together. Mm-hmm. There's no way, there's no camera trickery, at least in terms of you know splicing yeah. an image together. Mm-hmm. There, there has been a swap for a stunt double at some point, yeah, and it's yeah. seamless. Yeah. Uh, and again, we're obviously we're just coming out of the theater. We didn't get to like real slow it down, but that, it's pretty pretty impressive. My brain is like connecting like because I'm thinking of like movies that have done similar things. Like it's kind of on the level of like Moon in terms of just like mm. yeah, dual that's a good role one. and like that sort of like physical interaction. And mm. like occupying like similar yeah. space, but like it does what Moon does in a more abstract, in more, well, quite frankly, terrifying way. Absolutely, yeah. There, there is a real. Once you realize what the film is up to, and and I again, if you've really gone galaxy brain uh, watching these trailers, you might have kind of pieced together some of the ideas this film's playing with. Mm. But once I. I you know, about the halfway two thirds point, once the film has kind of revealed itself a little bit more, it it really becomes upsetting in a primal way. Yeah. <laughs> That's hard to to watch sometimes. Yeah, there's a few scenes in my brain in particular that like I'm just like, I don't know if I need to see that again real quick. Yeah, I I, I understand what you mean exactly, yeah. uh, especially the way it engages with. Uh, the idea of being unsafe in your own home, mm. uh, the, the ways in which it teases out. Uh, and again, th- this isn't spoiler. If you've seen a trailer, you're aware that home invasion is an aspect of this film. Mm-hmm. But it keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps going and building that out. And the ways in which it does it become legitimately terrifying in a way that are going to make me uh, check my house more thoroughly this evening before I go to yeah. bed. Oh, Sir Tim Lee. Ah, <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I mean, on just that pure horror level, yeah, it checks all those boxes, but as Cameron has alluded, as we've all alluded to, there's so much going on thematically that I think all of our brains hurt a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot there. Uh, last point I want to bring up real quick. I want to talk about kind of the mass impact of this film we look back to get out it drops in february and rides this wave of momentum all the way to the oscars has a huge kind of cultural uh support and you know uh system there to help it along what what do you see as as far as we kind of talked about the initial audience response Mm -hmm. but what do you see as the bigger kind of cultural critical response to this film Oh man, we! Well, I hope you boys are ready for think piece season. <laughs> no, like, this is this, we will be talking about this movie in film classes for years to come. In my okay, like there's in terms of just directorial like choices, in terms of acting, in terms of like thematic teasing out like specific elements of like the plot. Like this movie is kind of like it's is 
it is the most complex movie I've ever seen marketed toward the general public in quite some time. And I think we're going to see a lot of really interesting interactions with this. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but there are like three lines that I've been thinking of consistently right out of this that I just wish, I wish, I wish I had the thought, I wish I had the brain or the ability to talk about it in a sensible way now. Yeah, the only things that I would, I, I, we're definitely going to have to go off mic and uh, take take this conversation off the record because I think we're all about to pop. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I would add to that, I think we're going to spend a lot of time puzzling over the more... Uh, well, puzzle box elements of this film. Mm-hmm. The interest, you know, where is the subtext hiding in plain sight, all of these things. For me, I think the emotion of this film is really what, if this connects with general audiences, and as as Cameron has said, I, I worry. I hope it does. I really hope it does. Mm. If this film connects with general audiences, it is going to be on the strength of the emotion that this film conveys. And I think it does such a good job of not only establishing a couple's dynamic and God, the older I get, the more I see myself identifying with fathers and films. And it gets, <laughs> it gets harder to watch movies, guys. Yeah. It gets a lot damn harder, but dads get it rough. Dads get it rough on film. And mm. Winston Duke and Lupita Nyong'o have such a great chemistry, mm. but it's not just them together. It's them and their kids and it's the children together. There's mm-hmm. a moment where the brother and sister interact. And again, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's just, it's a tiny, small moment that reminds me of so many interact- wordless interactions I've had with my own sister. Yeah. Uh, and I think this film, by having really strong writing of its characters and really well-directed performances, I think the way it builds a family realistically, I, I think is going to be where this film finds its legs with the general public. At least yeah. that's that's what I hope. Uh, last thoughts for me really are just like, remember the title going into the film. Like that, if you can keep that in mind through like some of the more experimental or disconcerting elements, I think you will be able to come through it with some, with something. I don't want to say what you're going to get, but you'll come through it with something. I think hopefully something that's useful for you. Uh, I'll, I'll, I will uh, see, see uh, Cameron's keep the title in mind and raise you one more. And I will say uh, any of you who, uh, like to play around with young when you think about whether it's art theory or psychological theory if you like to play mm. with young when we start talking about doubles and shadow selves remember that it's it's all us as cameron has said yeah. everything everything is part of the human experience and i i think that's going to be yeah i think it's going to be a key to enjoying the film for a lot of people but also a key to like really getting the most out of it and trying to take this this Beautiful batshit piece of art that somehow Jordan Peele convinced Universal Studios to put into theaters. I can't imagine. I love the it. Pitch. I can't imagine the pitch, but I'm I'm so glad. I'm assuming like if you like get like if you get an Oscar like first directorial type out, I'm assuming they're just gonna say whatever you want to do, just make it happen. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, like the the pitch for this had to have been just absolutely nuts to be a fly on that wall, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, this is Hot Takes from a Hot Car, a bonus show. I hope you enjoyed it. Keep your eyes peeled to goodtrashmedia.com for some written content, uh, hopefully from myself and hopefully from Cameron. I'm, uh, I'm going to write something for sure. This is the first piece of media I've seen in quite some time that's got me still thinking about how to construct work, and i got to construct something off of it. 
Awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're excited to see that. So uh, head over to goodtrashmedia.com, uh, subscribe to the shows, and we'll see you next time. Kisses.